Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now, here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. How many of you are sectional eaters? Um, let me explain that to you before you answer. Uh, not, not you eat your stuff one at a time. Like you eat your mashed potatoes and you finish all of those and then you go to the, you know, the broccoli and then the chicken and then the mac and cheese. Not that. I'm talking about like you can't have any of your stuff touch. You know what I'm saying? Like you're a sectional eater. Nothing can touch on your plate because if the green bean juice gets in the mac and cheese, Thanksgiving is ruined, right? How many of those do we have in the room? Like this is, this is the kind of plate you would use that's got sections. We also call this the kid's plate. No offense. Um, <laughs> sectional, sectional eaters, right? Like um, you, you, put, you put one thing here and this is small version of that, like we've got adult versions of sectional plates, but put one thing here and they can't touch. Now, how many of you are whole plate eaters? It's just like, man, put it all on because it's all going in the same place. Hallelujah, right? Like it's all going right here. So just put it on here. I don't care if you pile it up. I don't care if it touches. Just bless God. I'm going to put it right here where it goes. How many of you are whole plate eaters? Raise your hand again. God's blessing is upon you. Amen. Like he is he has blessed you as a whole plate person. And and here's the thing, like that sounds really silly because because there's two ways of approaching dinner. Like you can be a sectional eater or you can be a whole plate eater. But there's also it's kind of like hits at two ways of approaching Jesus. You can be a sectional Christian and a sectional Christian. Here, here's what they do. Like they they can find Jesus to a part of their life. I don't want Jesus like, I don't want Jesus juice bleeding over and getting into other stuff, you know? I don't want Jesus messing around. I've got my Jesus box and I'll keep my Jesus in my Jesus box, but but he doesn't actually have access to the other parts of my life. He's there, but he's not all up in there. And then there are then there are whole plate eaters. It's just like, man, Jesus isn't a part of my life. He is the plate. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he is the he is everything. He is all up in everything. Uh, he he has total access to everything in my life because I'm a whole plate person. And my prayer today is that you would go from here if you're a, if you're a sectional Christian. You would go from here to here. If you're a sectional eater, that's my prayer for you as well. Because life is more blessed when you're a whole plate person. But anyway, um, my prayer for you today is that if you're a sectional person, you would go from here to here. And to get started, uh, open your Bible to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In fact, if you have a Bible that has um, a ribbon... Go ahead and open also to Genesis chapter 28 and put the ribbon there and put your finger on John chapter 1. Because we're going to start with John 1, but we're going to see here in just a second. There's this, there's this verse in John 1 that points backwards to, Gen- to Genesis chapter 28. So uh, John 1, we're going to pick up with verse 43. I'm not really going to give you any context because the context kind of just works itself out in the passage. But uh, I'm going to read this kind of quick because this is not our main passage, but it points to our main passage. So check this out. If you don't have a Bible, you can. You got two options. You can use your phone. That's totally cool. Uh, there's a free app called YouVersion. It's the Bible app. Got a bunch of thousand million Bible reading plans. That's awesome. But we also upload every uh, message to there, so you can follow along under the events tab. If nothing else, just look at the screen behind me and uh, and let's jump in. All right. Uh, let's see here. First John or 
John, not first John, John chapter 1, uh, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip's a guy who eventually is going to become like one of the 12. He's, a, he's an apostle, a disciple. He's one of the core uh, people in Jesus's community. And he says, he finds him, which is really important because uh, Jesus finds us. A lot of people are like, I found Jesus. Jesus wasn't lost. You were lost, right? Like, Finding Philip, Jesus finds Philip, and he said to him, follow me. In verse 44, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael, which is another important thing, because found people find people. Once you've been found by Jesus, now it's your calling and mission in life to go find other lost people, just like Philip. But that's not what we're preaching today, but just wanted to make a note of that. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one uh, Moses wrote about in the law. And about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, Philip says, can anything good come from here or from there? Nathaniel, I'm sorry, Nathaniel asked. Come and see. I love that because sometimes we get so uh, paranoid about how do we tell people about Jesus. It's just like, hey, I think I met somebody who's just completely awesome. I think he might be the savior of the world. Really? What are you talking about? That sounds stupid. Well, hey, come and see. I love that just simple invitation. Like you don't have to. It's not a. It's, you don't have to have a degree in theology. You don't have to have like five points and a and, and an altar call. No, no, no. Hey, hey, just, just come check it out. I, I'm part of this really awesome community. They they love each other and they're they're pursuing Jesus and it's not perfect, but but they let me come and I think they'll let you come too. So why don't you just come with me and check it out? I love that. It's just so simple. Anyway, let's keep on going. Verse forty-seven. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And I like how Nathanael responds, How do you know me? Which is funny because it's like, I don't know if you read between the lines, but it's the created asking the creator, like, how do you know who I am? Well, I created you, Nathanael. I don't know if you're aware of this. But anyway, just kind of funny. It's like a little inside joke. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Now, we don't know what Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree, but apparently it was so profound that look at what Nathaniel says in verse 49. Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And then here we go. Here's where we're going to start connecting the, the dots to, and points us back to Genesis. You believe, this is Jesus talking, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see, and then what's he say? You will see what? Greater things. We looked at this, I think, in week two of the series, and then we jumped straight into John chapter two, but we're not going to do that today. Jesus says, you will see greater things than that. And I love that because, because people, like one of the things that just gets on my nerves is that, is that there's this misconception about Christianity that like when you become a Christian, like it's really just about getting out of hell. You know what I mean? Like, like Christianity is a get-out-of-hell-free card. Like Monopoly is a get-out-of-jail-free card. Christianity is a get-out-of-hell-free card. And it's like, no, 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 it's so much bigger than that, man. It's like, like following Jesus isn't about just being miserable and you can't do anything fun and you can only come out on Triple Coupon Thursday and no other time of the week, right? Like, like some people's view of Christianity is that. Like, you have no fun. But here's Jesus saying, listen, Nathaniel, listen, I, I want to take you to places that are greater than anything you can imagine. Nathaniel, I've got things ahead for you that, that, that is so great, they're greater than, than, than what you just experienced. And I want you to know this morning, Jesus has greater things planned for your life. 
Like he really does, man. Jesus has greater experiences, greater blessings, greater miracles than you've experienced up to this point in your life. If you're still alive, Jesus has greater things waiting for you. Amen. And then here we go. Verse 51. This is still Jesus talking. And he says, very truly, I tell you. You will see, and then, and then probably if you have a Bible uh, or you're reading on the Bible app, you'll notice it's like a little quotation. You will see, Jesus quotes from Genesis chapter 28, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And it's real easy at this moment to just like zoom past that and jump right into John 2 because John 2 is really cool. Jesus turns the water into wine and we get real excited about that because that's, that's really awesome. But, 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 but verse 51 is huge. Like it really is a big deal because here's the thing. Like if you were a, if you were a Jewish person, especially back in the, in the New Testament days, the early uh, part of the first century, if you, were a, if you were a Jewish Hebrew boy or girl, like the, the, the first thing that you did was memorize the first five books of the Old Testament. Like they called that the Torah, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They would memorize it. All of it. All five books. And then if you're in a conversation with a rabbi and he quotes something from one of those five books, it's going to immediately send you back to wherever uh, he quoted that from. And you're going to start trying to make connections. Well, wait a second. What? You just quoted from, you know, they didn't have like Genesis and then subdivisions of chapters, but the, you just quoted from from, from, from the book of Torah. What, what, what are you trying to say here? And so what I want to do this morning is I want to jump back to Genesis 28, to the story that Jesus references, because I think in this story, and I don't know if this is what Jesus is doing, but this is kind of what I felt like God spoke to me this week, that, that there are four things in this story that are kind of in the, in the mix of the greater things God wants to do in your life. Uh, four things that, like if... If we, thought, if we thought of it like a salad, right, like we've got a greater thing salad, there, I think there are four ingredients. Or, or if we're going to, let's go with something that I'm a little bit more familiar with, a crock pot. If we're going to have a crock pot meal, because you can't do crock pot meal on a sectional plate, um, there, here, are, here are four ingredients that you've got to have in your crock pot to see greater things in in your life or if you see greater things and you look back and you say like what was in that mix what was what was going on i think you'll see these four things in your crock pot and here here, here we go so um let's let's kind of let me catch you up on the story this is a story about a guy named jacob who's a jacked up dude i mean his name means deceiver so he didn't have a good start right like he came out of the womb and it's like you're a deceiver. Like, can you imagine going to the mall and being like, hey, here's my son, deceiver. That's my other son, uh, liar. And over there's my little girl, fornicator, right? Like, he's already on a bad start. <laughs> Parents, be mindful of the words you speak over your children, right? And so Jacob's already kind of started off bad, but we're at a point in his life where he, everything's falling apart. In fact, it's gotten so bad, he's betrayed his, his brother, his twin brother, He's deceived his father, and it's so bad his mom told him to run away from home. <laughs> you know that you've got to be in a bad situation when mama says, I think you need to leave. And so um, Jacob is on the run. He's on the run to his uncle's house, but he's not there yet. He's, he's running. And I think it's real significant this morning because I think there are people here in Auditorium 4 at the Regal Cinemas who are on the run. You're running from some stuff in your life. 
Maybe, maybe you're running from some past issues or running from some past decisions or, or maybe it's not past, maybe it's your present and you're on the run uh, from, from, from choices you made just this week or maybe you feel like you're on the run from some hurt that's going on in your heart or you feel like you're on the run from God because he's been speaking to you and you're not quite ready to surrender and submit everything to him so you're on the run. Maybe you look a lot like Jacob on the run. You're not there yet. You're you're in the middle. That's where we find Jacob. Look at this, verse, verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba, which was home. This is where Jacob grew up. This was, this was everything that he knew. He left home. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. Haran is where his uncle lived. When he reached a certain place, you know, there's nothing significant necessarily about this place. It just says when he reached a certain place. Have you ever found yourself in a certain place, though? Let me, let, me, let me describe for you what it's like to be in a certain place. You're, you're, you're between the past that you're trying to leave. You're between the past you're trying to leave behind, but you haven't yet arrived at the future that you're pursuing. You're at a certain place. It's kind of nondescript. It's, it, it could be anywhere. It's where Jacob finds himself in the middle of the journey. Have you ever found yourself in the middle of the process? This is where Jacob finds himself this morning, in the middle of the process. He's, he's already started the journey, but he hasn't yet arrived at his destination. He's, he's, he's left the defeat of Beersheba, but he has not yet arrived at the destiny of Haran. He's in the middle. He's left the mess behind, but he hasn't quite stepped into the miracle. He's in the middle. Have you ever found yourself in the middle? Like, in the, the middle can be a confusing place, and that's what it is for, for Jacob. Think about, think about what it's like to be on this journey for him. He's completely alone. He's totally isolated from everybody that he knows. He is by himself on this journey. By himself, he's vulnerable to the weather. He's vulnerable to animals. He's vulnerable to, 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 to uh, thieves and, and people that would seek to do him harm. He's, he's totally vulnerable. When you're in the middle a lot, you can be really vulnerable because you're alone. He's, he's vulnerable because he, he can only carry what he can carry. He doesn't have necessarily enough, enough space in whatever bags he may have with him to carry enough food for the journey. So he's, he's vulnerable. He's probably fearful. He's got to be wondering, will I even make it? Will I, will, will, when I get to my uncle's house, will he accept me? Will he welcome me home? Or will he welcome me into his home? I don't know. So he's got this fear going through his mind, and he arrives at this certain place as he's running away from his past, pursuing the future, caught in the middle. Look what happens. When he arrived at a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And here's the Jesus quote. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Then look what happens. Verse 13. There above it stood the Lord. <laughs> and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Here's the first thing that I want you to see. The first ingredient in the crock pot of the greater things God wants to do in your life. It's the first thing that happens to Jacob when he's on the run and he stops running for a moment and just relaxes and lets his guard down. Suddenly, he has an encounter with God. 
And that's the first thing that's going to be in your greater things crock pot mix. It's an encounter with God. An encounter with God. You see, I believe if we're going to experience the greater things, if we're going to step fully into greater things in our life, not only do we need to uh, honor and foster, but we have to teach and anticipate that an encounter with God is not just possible, but it's a necessity. It's absolutely a necessity. For you and me, when we are caught in the middle, Encountering God is the number one thing that will help us to continue on the journey. An encounter with God where God speaks words of identity and affirmation. Jacob, I am the Lord. I am the God of your grandfather and the God of your father. And I will do for you what I promised I would do for them. I am with you, God tells Jacob. And when you're in the middle, that's what you need to hear. When you're in the middle, you need an encounter with God that reassures you of his, of his activity in your life. I am going to do for you what I promise because sometimes what, what, what happens is, is you get a promise from God, but you haven't actually seen the payoff. You're in the middle and, and, and you're at a certain place and you feel isolated and confused and fearful. And what you need is God to show up and say, I am here. Hallelujah. I am with you. You're trying to leave some things behind and you're trying to change your future. What we need in that moment is God to break into our reality and say, I'm here. Jacob, you're not alone on this journey. I've been with you since you left Beersheba. I'll be with you all the way to Haran and back again. Because I am your Lord. I am your God. I was with your, I was with your granddad. I was with your dad. I'll be with you too. Now, the interesting thing about Jacob is there's nothing special about him at this point. Nowhere in the story does Jacob actually, uh, up to this point, does he repent for being a deceiver. (laughs) There's no reason. that This is just a picture of the grace of God who who will encounter us when we are at our lowest and our worst. Nothing special about him at this point. He's done nothing good. And yet God still breaks through heaven and earth and says, Jacob. Here, I've, I've got you. I remember when I was in seminary. Um, uh, I was in seminary. It was like my first year. I, you don't know. You may know this. You may have heard me say this before. But when I, uh, when I started seminary, my full intention was to be a professional counselor. I wanted to be like a, a psychologist. I wanted to be a school psychologist. I wanted to, 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 to like help people and talk to people and counsel people, um, which if you know me now, probably not the direction I needed to go. But, but that first year, that's what I was doing. And I was so like, like I was in, I had, I had these plans, but I, I, I knew it, 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 it didn't feel right. And, um, and I was confused and I was wrestling with issues in my past and wrestling with issues in my family and wrestling with, with, with hurts and, and pains. And, and, and I remember struggling so bad. Why? Because I was in the middle. I was in the middle of the journey. I, I, I knew I wasn't who I used to be, but, but the, the, the clarity on who God wanted me to be wasn't there. I was caught in the middle, and I remember it. It was such an impactful moment because I'm sitting in chapel service, and if you've ever gone to a seminary, you know chapel services aren't always that great. Like, sometimes it's just boring, and you're reading your book, and you're just clocking in and clocking out. I got my credit. I'm here for chapel. Check my name off. Done. Um, 
But, but this moment, like, it, it really was a pivotal moment in my life because um, what happened, I, I couldn't tell you what the sermon was. I couldn't tell you anything about the, any of that. I just remember there came a moment in the chapel service where there was a message given out in tongues. Now, if you don't know what that is, basically what that looks like is, is somebody uh, who is full of the Holy Spirit stands up and they speak in a language which they do not know. Uh, it's not necessarily like they're not speaking French or, or Dutch or something. They're speaking, they're speaking, you know, what, what the Greek word is glossolalia, which is just a, an unknown language. And, and it's actually God breaking into the moment, speaking a word to the, to the church, to the congregation. And somebody else stands up full of the Holy Spirit, and, he's, and, and he or she says, here's what the Lord is saying. And they interpret that message. It's just, you, you look at it, read through the New Testament, read through the writings of Paul. It's part of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's really cool. And it happened in this, in this moment, in this chapel service. And it was so impactful in my life, I actually got the tape of the chapel service back when we recorded sermons on tapes wasn't digital. We didn't have digital. iPod hadn't even been created yet. Um, it was on tape. And so I got the tape and I transcribed this, the interpretation for a message because it broke into my life at a moment when I needed it most, when I was in the middle. And I want to read it to you this morning. I want to read it to you. Just, just listen to this. This is, this is how God, like God showed Jacob the, the ladder going, angels going up and down. This is what God did to me in that chapel service. He said this, are these words pleasant to you? They should not be, for I speak to you this day, and I pierce you, and I call you to weep before me. I will call you, I will place you, I will lead you. I will give you strength if you humble yourself before me. I will be strong in your weakness, and you can resist the enemy. I will be light in the darkness, and you can walk in righteousness. Call unto me, and I will prove myself. And you will reach your hands and you will see men and women and children delivered and healed. Call unto me this day, for I, the Lord God, search throughout the earth for those who will seek my face. And in that moment, my life got wrecked. <laughs> like, why? Because, because I was in the middle and God broke in. And I had an encounter with God. And I was one of those who, were, who, who was pierced. It was as if God was speaking directly into my life, answering every question that I had. God, am I called? God, is that the direction? God, you really want me to be a pastor? God, you really want me to like, to like preach to God? I will call you. I will lead you. If you'll humble yourself before me, I will do this. And it was like everything in my life was just, was just exposed in that moment because I had an encounter with God in the middle of the journey. And I want to tell you this morning, if you find yourself in the middle of the journey, to see greater things happen in your life, part of that mix is going to be an encounter with God. Number two, let's keep on going. Verse 14. Verse 14. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your descendants, through you and your offspring. You, you missed like the really weird part of that passage because I missed it for a long time until just this past week. I'm reading it and I'm like, wait a second. And, and I saw the words, your descendants and your offspring. And I thought, hold up. Jacob's not even married right now. Jacob's the, he doesn't even have anybody he's looking at on Tinder. Like he has nobody. He hasn't swiped right for anyone. He has no, he has no, 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 no prospects. 
And God's already speaking to him about descendants. Think about that for just a second. Like, like God is speaking, Jacob, I've got greater things planned for you. I've got a future for you. And I know you're in the middle right now. But sometimes God will speak to us not as we are in the middle, but he'll speak to us as we will be when we reach the destination. And he speaks a word of promise. He's saying, Jacob, your descendants. And I imagine Jacob's going, wait, my descendants? I don't have any descendants. I'm not married. I don't know if I'm going to be welcomed when I get to where I'm going. What do you mean descendants? And God's telling Jacob, Jacob, this blessing that I'm, this, this greater thing I'm going to do in your life isn't just about you. It's not just about you. In fact, it's, it's, it's about people you don't even know. It's about all people everywhere are going to be blessed through you, Jacob. It's about people you don't know, you haven't met, you'll never meet in your life. And what I think God wants us to see this morning is that, is that the greater things he wants to do in your life in this church isn't just about you. It's about people that, are, that, are, that, that we don't even know yet. It's about, it's about his plans to, to grow like like. Like God's plan to grow the church is a plan to bless all people, not just us. And when you step into a greater thing in your life, what you've got to understand is that that blessing on your life isn't just for you. It's because God wants to grow the blessing through you. God, God, can, can we all just agree like God wants the church to grow, right? Like God wants the church to grow. And I want you to get real comfortable with the idea that whatever blessing God has put on this house, one of the, one of the purposes of that is to grow the church and, and, and to get comfortable with that and uncomfortable with the opposite. I want you to get real uncomfortable, but, but I don't want you to get uncomfortable with small because the opposite of growing is not small. The opposite of growing is stagnant. That's what I've been learning over the last several weeks. Because I've never read in the Bible, like I've never looked and saw where Jesus said, hey, it's okay if you don't reach people with the gospel. It's fine. It's fine if you don't, if you don't testify and, and, and tell people about me. It's okay. Like it's not okay to just be comfortable with our four and no more. Like it's not okay. We are called, commanded to go, reach, pursue, do whatever it takes to bring people to an encounter with God that can change their life when they find themselves in the middle of the process. Hallelujah. It's about growth. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're doing this series in August. The church is alive because I want us all to be on the same page so that when we hit September and in September, we're, we're doing last year, we did it last August. We did a series called at the movies and it was so fun and it was great. And this year we're doing it in September. We're going to launch our fall like attendance push with a, with a series at the movies. We're going to have characters in the, in the lobby greeting people. We're going to have, and, and what I want you to, I want you to get so excited because I want you to invite people because God wants his church to grow. Because it's not just about us. It's not, it's not just about our four. It's not just about our house. It's people he wants to bring in. And not only do I want you to invite people in, in September, but when we get to October and we do the block party again, I want you to be excited and invite people. And then we get to November and Christmas is on the horizon and, and we're inviting people and Christmas Eve comes and we pack out God's house and we preach the gospel and people find Jesus. Or Jesus finds them, really. It was just... Jesus finds them in that moment. But here's the thing. Not only is the church supposed to grow, but you're supposed to grow. This isn't just about a church thing. This is, this is sometimes, you know what sectional people never do? They never grow. Because they fill up their square and they're done. Well, I'm done. 
Like I've grown all I can grow. I'm, I, sectional people stop growing. Whole plate people never stop growing. Whole plate people are like, literally, like if you're a whole plate person, you might not stop growing. But I mean, might need to cut back and get a smaller plate. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Whole plate people, here's how, here's how whole plate people approach life. Well, I'm, I'm maturing, I'm growing, I'm taking a step. One day I'm going to die and be finished. But until I'm dead, I got more room to grow. I'm a whole plate person. Jesus, just, just keep on keep on taking me further places, greater things. God, keep growing me, maturing me, and then I'm going to die and be with you. I'll be finished. I remember, have you ever got a gift card for a, as a gift? You know what I mean? Like a gift card to a restaurant. You know what I'm saying? I love getting a gift card to a restaurant because here's the thing. Because I remember, uh, it's been probably like a year and a half, two years ago, something maybe longer than that. But hoping I had a gift card. Uh, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you what restaurant it was now. But we had a gift card, and we showed up in the parking lot like, we got a gift card. You know what I'm saying? So we go in. We sit down at the table. Do you want drinks? Yeah, I want a drink. No water for me tonight. You know why? I got a gift card. I'm not paying for this meal. You know what I'm saying? Then they come out. Would, can, I, can I interest you in an appetizer? You bet you can interest me in an appetizer because I got a gift card, right? And then they come out. They give you the appetizer, and then the, you're looking at the meal. And, and if you're like me, you know, sometimes you look, and you're like, well, I would really like that, but that's probably too expensive. I don't want to spend that much on a meal. But I got my menu. I said, what's the – I'm eating that. Why? Because I got a gift card. And then, then the waiter came out and asked the best question I'd heard all night. After we'd already finished our entree, you want dessert? And you know what I said? <laughs> Heck yeah, I want dessert because I got a gift card. I'm getting whatever I can get because I'm not paying for it because I got plenty of money on the gift card. But, what I, but, but when it comes to the table of God, a lot of us stop at the appetizer. And it's like God has laid out a buffet in front of us and we're like, no, nah, God, I'm full. I got a food belly. I'm, I'm done. And God's like, what are you talking about? There's so much more. Why are you stopping at the apps when I've laid out before you a table, a spread? Like there's more. So I want to ask you a question. Do you really want to grow in your relationship with Jesus? Or are you content to be a sectional person? Because God, the greater thing, when you look in your life and you see God doing greater things, a lot of times what you're going to see is, is not only is God, God, God encountering you, but God's growing you. So, Pastor Josh, what does that look like? Well, um, the, you know, Monday through Fridays, five days. First John has five chapters. Read a chapter of First John. When you wake up in the morning, take you about ten minutes a day. Come back to church next Sunday. What have you done? You've taken a step to grow. Can it be that simple? Yeah, it's that simple. In August, we're going to do 21 more days of prayer and fasting. Why? To get us ready for September because we want to grow. We don't want to be stagnant in our own personal lives. Number three, and I've got to hurry up. I've got to, I've got to wrap this up. I didn't think I was going to get finished, and now I'm stalling, so I'm really not going to get finished. Anyway, um, Genesis chapter 28, verse 15. Uh, I am with you. I will watch over you and wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. You know what all those are? Those are words of presence. Look what Jacob says. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. How many of us come to church like that? Like we, we, we eventually get there. Hey, God was here, and I didn't even know. But when we show up at church, we're like, God was here? 
God's already here? Yeah, and look what Jacob says. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. What if we showed up to the house of God expecting it to be the gate of heaven? Where heaven is already open and God is, 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 is releasing and pouring out grace and blessings and gifts and goodness and love. And, and we just step in and we receive it. The number three thing in the greater things crockpot that you'll see in your life is the presence of God. You see the presence of God. You have an encounter with God leading to growth of God to experience the presence of God. You see, here's what I know in your life. If, if all hell's going to break loose in your life, it's going to be on Sunday morning, right? Like you're going to get up in the morning, like you're going to oversleep because the alarm didn't go off. You set it for p.m. instead of a.m. I've done that, amen. Um, you get, you go downstairs, or you go into the living room, and, and like you got to get one kid out of the dryer, and, and like the dog is peed on the carpet, and the kid is peed on the dog, and, and like no clothes are washed, like you, you can't find any underwear for the kids, and so you're like, you finally get everybody ready, right? And you go outside, you get in the minivan, there's a flat tire, now you get, you pull into the parking lot, somebody cuts you off, you point your finger at them, and, and you're like, oh, you finally, you get a kid checked in, and you get in here, and you're just like, oh, because the enemy wants nothing more for you to get here and be distracted. So focused on what's going on around you that you can't hear what God wants to speak to you. I know that's true, man, because I live that life, too. Like, it takes everything in me just to, just to get here at 10 o'clock in the morning focused on hearing from God. But that's the sacrifice i got to make because I want to step into his presence. You see, sectional people, they're not aware of the presence of God because he's just in a section of their life. So when they move over here in this area or this area or this area, they're not aware of the They're like Jacob. I wasn't even aware that you were here. But whole plate people, man, whole plate people are seeing God's activity everywhere in their life. They're like, oh, man, God is just, he's, he's so active in my life, and he's just so good. And everywhere I go, it's like an open heaven above me. It's like God can encounter me anywhere, and his presence is so real and so thick in my life. Why? Because I'm a whole play person. I've not, I've not limited God to a section of my life. All right, number three, last one, and we're, we're wrapping up. Verse 18, early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head, and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. You know what Jacob did? He made a commitment made a commitment to God. He had an encounter with God that showed him what the growth of God would look like to open him up to the presence of God. And he said, I'm going to make a commitment to God. He made a commitment. That's the fourth thing. If you're going to see greater things in your life, it's going to come on the other side of a commitment to God. And the reality is, like, like uh, the reality is, that God, that Jesus did not come and die so that you and I could attend a church. He came and died so that we could belong to one. And that takes commitment. 
It takes stepping into a commitment. We are, I believe we are called to be committed to what God is doing. And God has already prophesied through all the New Testament that his movement is happening in and through the church. Now, other things will happen outside of that, but God's driving force in our world is through the church. As flawed and messed and jacked up as it can be sometimes, God wants to move through the church. But it takes men and women to be committed to the church. And this is a great church to be committed to. And it's not because it's not because the preacher's that great. It's not because the singing's great. You want to know why this is a great church? Because at 630 this morning, David Huffman was here. Mike Paisley was here. Larry Young was here setting up stuff. Because at 630 this morning, Curtis Watson and Ryan Early, they were helping set up kids stuff. Because right now, over in the, over in the kids' auditoriums, people aren't babysitting. No, they're raising up the next generation of leaders of men and women in the church. That's why this church, see, this is a great church, not because of the gifts and talents of a few, but because of the sacrificial service of many. That's why this is a great church. And I want you to be committed to a great church. I want you to take a step of commitment, a step of faith to see what God can do in your life. But not just this church, but on a personal note, how committed to Jesus are you? How committed are you in your personal walk with Jesus? And here's the deal, man. If you're a sectional person, admit it. Like, God's not going to be, oh, I don't know. God knows. Listen, if you're a sectional person, just own up to it. Own up to it and say, God, God, God I've, been a, I've been a sectional person, and today I, I need to change. And it might not happen overnight, but I need to, I need to experience some change. And, and here's the deal, what I know about you, you're probably going to have to let go of some stuff. In order to change, you're probably going to have to let go of some stuff because 95% commitment to Jesus is 5% too short. I don't think we'll ever get to stand in front of, uh, in front of Jesus and, and look at him and say, Jesus, you asked too much of me. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think you and I are going to stand in front of a bloodstained cross and say, Jesus, too much. You're asking too much. And I think what he's asking from us this morning is commitment. Now, here's what I know. Every time, every time I've let go of something in my life, and you might need to let go of pride, or you might need to let go of, of, of your, your fear of asking for help, or you might need to let go of religion, like the thought that you can save yourself, or you might need to let, some of y'all need to let go of like some childish ways because you're like in your early 30s or late 30s, and you're still acting like you're in your teenage years. Y'all need to grow up. Anyway, it's what Paul said. Paul said, when I became a, you know, a man, I let go of childish ways. And some of us need to let go of childish ways. We're still acting like we're teenagers. Anyway, so here's what I know. Every time, every time I've let go of something, the next thing I heard is God says, let's go. You've let go, now let's go. Let's go to the next level. If you want to go to the next level, it's probably going to involve you letting go of something in your life. It's probably going to involve you letting go of something in your life that you're hearing right now, and I haven't even mentioned it. What is that? It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit of God encountering you right now in the middle of the journey to help you take a step of commitment. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our life. We thank you for what you're doing in our church. We believe, God, that there are greater things ahead, not only for us individually, but for our church as well. God, we want to step fully into that. We know, God, that, that in that mix of greater things, we're going to have an encounter with you because that is absolutely essential. We know, God, that you're going to speak a word to us that's going to involve growth, growth in the church, growth in our personal lives. 
We know, God, that, that as, we, as we encounter you and experience the blessings of your growth, God, we can expect the presence of God to be with us continually as we make more and more steps of commitment to you. Lord, right now, you're asking some of us in this room to let go of some stuff that's been holding us back from the greater things you want to do in our lives. It's, it's that 5% that we're still holding on to. It's that section that we've confined you to. Lord, I pray right now that, that men and women would, would make decisions in their life empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to, to release and let go of some things they've been holding on to. To let go of some fear. To let go of some worry and anxiety. To let go of some pride. To let go of the thought that they have to be good enough and deserve and earn and, 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 and achieve in order to get your approval. God, that they would let go of those things. That they would let go of their desire to, 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 to fulfill themselves. Their desire to, to, um, to be like everybody else. The truth is you haven't called them to be like everybody else. You've called them to be like your son Jesus. So sometimes we got to let go of some stuff to do that. Would you speak to us this morning? Heavenly Father, would you show us the step that we need to take in order to see the greater things become a reality in our life? We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. And everybody said... Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.